Welcome back to DQP Does, the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we don't trust our doctor because he has a Nathaniel Essex diamond on his forehead. <laughs> if you know who Nathaniel Essex is, I love you. Uh, Started off getting the Marvel in there. Yeah, yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't always thought it was funny. <laughs> it's Mr. Sinister. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with me this evening is my co-host, Russell. I had a funny thing you made me forget. Because <laughs> your thing was funny. <laughs> gotcha. And we got Dave. What's up? What's up, dude? <laughs> I, was gonna, I was also going to say something. What the fuck? I ruined the show by saying <laughs> something funny. Uh, isn't that how it goes? Uh, this week we are going over Dune Part 1. Um, From 1984. No. 2021. PG-13. Oh. Two hours and 35 minutes. Oh. I don't want to do a fucking synopsis of this. <laughs> it's going to be two and a half hours. Yeah, it's going to be long because the Bruh. whole thing is important. I mean, it is, but uh, you want me to do it? It's, I can do it super quick. Sure, go for it. Do it. All right. So we I don't a, believe you for one thing. We got a guy. He's a hero, right? And he's a hero. And he's, you know he's the hero at the beginning because he's going to be the guy. Yeah. And you know this from the very You're beginning. You're told that he's going to be the guy. So. Mul- in multiple ways. The, yes. So the hero gets a call to action and then he is slightly reluctant to believe that he is the call to action. And then at a certain point in the movie, he is definitely answering that call to action. Yes. So he goes out and he like begins his hero's journey and then some stuff happens and you should watch the fucking movie. Yeah. It basically ends. Like <laughs> yeah, you right. should. yeah. You should watch this. I'm just going to go ahead and say that you should watch this. Um, Maybe wait a year so that you're not like, oh my god, it's two years away <laughs> for the for the second part because like there is not a real clean uh break in this story for them to do a part one and part two. This does not have a conclusion. Um, it concludes a minor uh like trial in the hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, the, we get, we get to the acceptance yeah, of we get, the journey. We get to the acceptance of the journey in the first trial of the hero. Yeah. Basically. And that's it. That's like yeah. m- my big, my big problem with this movie is that they didn't just go ahead and make the fucking <laughs> five and a half hour movie and fucking release it. Okay. They didn't even green light part two until like until, a week ago. Yeah. Until it was already out for a week. Like, holy shit. Like, what were you, I don't like you wanted to wait. They and see watched how well this. Did? Like they I don't, watched this yeah. and didn't say, yeah, go ahead and make the second one. Just fucking start it. Yeah. Uh, dude. Okay. I would have seen Timothy Charlemagne's test footage and been like, yeah, go ahead and uh, start on part two. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to start part three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could do the second book. Um, I think I think they will. I hope. I hope. This is... Um, I feel like this is how you do epic sci-fi fantasy. I would agree. 
um everything about this they i it might come across as a little bit uh what's the word i'm looking for uh pretentious pretentious it might come across a little pretentious because literally everything in this is epic like yeah yeah, yeah. every ship coming down is epic every like little fight is epic every part of this is epic and drawn out but it's done so beautifully yeah. that if you're if you can just like get lost in the stuff happening you know you don't notice yeah um like russell's watched it watched it twice twice right yeah three I've times watched it twice so far um he he you said that it was a little tedious uh, the first time a little yeah, so like the first time was uh kind of weird because i watched it in like three sittings oh yeah right and but I, which we talked about that i think, I on the think show. like this movie could be one of those movies that gets better with each watch yeah uh because the second time watching it i was just like i was worried watching it a second time was mm. going to be tedious because mm-hmm. i'm not a rewatcher. like yeah. it's got to be real good in order for me to rewatch a movie like once i got the story like i got it i don't need to see it again like the acting has to be superb i have right. to be catching like new fucking expressions yeah like that i didn't necessarily catch before because either they're quick or maybe i didn't quite get the context of it or whatever mm-hmm. but like the second time watching this i was like just fucking glued to the tv and i was just like fuck this movie i'm so happy like because it's just like like everything is important yeah and but it's slow but not like slow in a bad way but i think i think the movie could come off very pretentious if you are a shallow viewer because it's this is like this this movie is super deep there's a lot of depth to it it's it's yeah. very uh it's not it's like t- it's it's to turn a to t- whatever the equivalent of to turn a phrase would be for like cinematography like you get some of these regular shots that you would usually have but they're they're different they're like they're they're a little bit more unique they're a little bit more specific mm-hmm. like some of the actors' mannerisms are mannerisms that you've seen before. Like specifically, Timothy Charlemagne uh, plays uh, plays Paul, which is our main character. Yeah. And the first time watching it, I I didn't think that I wasn't sure that I liked him. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, No, he's so fucking good in this role that I didn't quite get it the first time. Yeah. No, I there's a lot of uh of scenery chewing going on yeah in this movie especially by uh timothy um where he's just standing there interacting with fucking computer generated shit yeah and in a in such a like believable way and an interesting way where there's no dialogue no action and if you're just like studying what he's looking at and like or how he's looking at it and like what you in the theater of your mind what he's going through in his yes um just like incredibly tense moments Mm -hmm. where there's nothing happening (laughs) like yeah yeah but 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 it's done so well but it's it's the inner 
it's the inner monologue that isn't told to you yeah. like is the thing like you're is, having the inner monologue you're, yeah you're like well what is this you're experiencing what the character is experiencing yeah and like movies are too like for like there's too many movies that are too shallow these days and for spoon this feeding everything. yeah spoon feeding everything to you and this isn't one of those movies that's what i mean by like if you're a shallow viewer and there's nothing wrong with that like yeah. if you are a shallow viewer if you don't want to sit and like analyze every <laughs> every piece of the movie yeah. but that's what i love to do and i love movies that give me that yeah. i watched uh reminiscence which is an hbo max original and it's like a weird sci-fi blade runner-esque i, I previously recommended it on one of the hostfuls uh and it just it was lacking a little and so i was kind of worried like going into dune like these movies aren't related in any way but other than being produced by HBO. Yeah, other than by being produced by HBO. Um, but when I started, what, like, just, just fucking, we started this the second time, and I was just like, oh, yeah. I, I love this movie. This, this is a me movie. Like, this is a movie that is, like, made for me. Yeah. Like, is what, is, is what I felt. And it's been, it's been a little while since I've, I've seen one of those. Um, I would agree to that. I watched this. I'm like, I know I Russell told me to watch this. Like I, I, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's when all the scenery chewing and all everything, like everything Paul is going through in the movie, like you have to get into his head. Cause like he is our main character. And sometimes movies, uh, they suffer from that because like, you know that that character is not going to be in any real danger. You know that that character is not going to like go through any real fucking development, but this is different. Like this, this is how you do that. Like, this is how you give us that main character. We know at least isn't going to die in part one. And <laughs> true, <laughs> like still engages us and worries for that character because he is going through some shit. Yeah. And it's not said to you. It's not, you know, you're not specifically told exactly what he's going through, but the way he delivers on all, all of his emotions through his, his facial features and everything that's happening on his face specifically, like, and it's subtle too. And it's, it's not overacted. It's not overly dramatic. Like, well, there's one scene he's a little over dramatic, but it, it's is it, deserved. Is it the one that I'm thinking of in the tent? Yes. Yes. And it's intense. Like I was just like, Ooh, intense, intense, intense. <laughs> intense. Sorry, I had to bring. Hey, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. This is what happens. I love the movie. I'll just fucking go. <laughs> I I Gosh. really, really, really like this movie as well. Like I I wouldn't consider myself a shallow viewer, but at times I am. Like I think too much in my daily life. Right. So when I watch movies, like ah, cool. But I sat and what Russell said. And, like, I really got into this movie and, like, analyzed and stuff, and I really, really dug it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's hard to get into this movie. Like, it gives you ample opportunity to do so. Yeah. Where, like, what you're talking about, like, sometimes movies don't even give you the opportunity. But sometimes movies do, but they don't do it well. And it's, like, a learning curve, right, to get into that mode of the movie. Right. Because the characters aren't relatable or they're not a story that you recognize because like the story of Paul is kind of like a Greek tragedy, right? Yeah. Like he is like a tragic hero. Yep. 
but then there's elements of other things in there, but you kind of recognize all of it. Yeah. So you, it's easier to get into that mindset and it like the, the reluctant teenage hero, which he's not teenage, but close, right? He's younger. He's young. Um, is, you know, a very familiar trope. Yeah. And, and the reluctance is done well. Yeah. Like it's, he wants, he still wants to be something. He wants to be something. He still has a drive. Right. He's not just some lazy guy. So you're just someone else is trying to motivate into doing something. He's not it's Sean. Just, yeah. <laughs> but he he's still like he's he's reluctant into the fact and believing that he may be the thing. Right. So like the primary scope or whatever is skewed uh, as far as like where he is in this journey because he's ready to you know he wants to go to a. He wants to go to Arrakis, Arrakis, with, Arrakis with Idaho. With Idaho. To and, begin with. Yeah. So he's already ready to go, but yeah. he's being forced to wait, which is like a reverse on the reluctance. Yeah. So, which is also good. And like just the way, fuck, I'm doing it again. Sorry. You guys can talk. Yeah. No, I, no, I, mean, I, I was listening to you. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like the, the way that they, that everything is in it, um, is like both a reinforcement of a trope and a uh, inversion of a trope at yeah. the same time, which is interesting. Um, and I'm curious if they're going to change a lot. Like I, my problem that I have right now is like I feel like I'm talking out of my ass a lot because I haven't read the book or watched the other movie. But I don't know how much was changed in this versus the original movie. I know the original movie is a long movie, but it's the whole story in one movie. Right. Yeah. Where this is two long movies. Um, yeah. They're, and they're, we just have the first part so far. So there's obviously going to be more in it Yeah, than there was in the original movie. I learned something about the original movie today. Okay. Uh, well, my buddy at work was telling me, um, so David Lynch mm-hmm. directed it. Yeah. The old one, sort of. He was very, apparently very unhappy with how it turned out. Because, like, a lot of the studio had stuff to it. Mm. And I learned today that, like, in some cuts, like, there's an extended cut. His name's not even on the movie. Wow. Yeah. Wait, of this movie? No, no, no of, sorry. Of, the, of, the old one. Of the oh, old, the old the original. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've read about the movie has been examinations of, like the subtext and like the an analyzation of uh the point of the plot right um it kind of started where i saw a if you guys are familiar with the starter packs yeah um it was a i didn't actually get it starter pack um and one of them was that paul was the hero so like, okay. <laughs> you didn't actually understand Dune if you think Paul is the hero, um, which was funny because the way it was explained was that that person didn't actually understand Dune because Paul has to be the hero for the story to make sense. Um, basically, that um, heroes are not necessarily a good thing, even if they have good intentions and are good people. Yeah, uh, just because a hero existing. Um, one, it has to come from some kind of upheaval, 
Like something bad has to happen for a hero to need to exist. Right. Right. But then they, when they um, rise above and um, correct or uh, fight against another power structure, they create a power structure and power structures are able to be corrupted and they don't necessarily go in the direction that the hero intends. So like, look at like every religion ever where horrible atrocities have been done, done in the name of the religion, whether it right. was intended to be a good thing to begin with or not. And spoiler alert, a similar thing happens in the second half of this. Oh, um, good to know. And it, he basically sees it in the tent. That's the part that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, where he sees uh, a holy war spreading across the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently in the original movie and the book, that's what happens. Um, uh, okay. It does happen. It basically, like, goes and tries to hmm. uh, become the emperor and uses the freemen, and the freemen use him to spread their religion across the universe. Um, huh. Okay. And part of that being that it's unintentional is like he he's being seen as this messiah character in their religion that's that was in in this movie at least it look it's foreshadowed or just plain up said was planted by the uh i can't remember what the fuck uh, the, the name Bini Gaza yeah uh the uh order that his mother belongs to of like yeah weird witch God, scary witch people. Uh, they have the voice of God, basically, yeah. uh, from Preacher. Um, I love Preacher. I love the comic. Yep. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, basically, like they plant the seeds of different stuff to kind of get their way uh, because of their their own uh, agenda or their own prophecies that they think are going to be um uh come to fruition and they like plant the seeds in other places to help that go along and yeah. they manipulate the politics of the universe to hmm. kind of do what they want right and you see that in this movie yeah um they use their uh their shining quite a bit yeah um but they just use regular old fucking manipulation quite a bit too yeah yeah um it's but, not called The Shining, I don't think. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what they called it. There's a lot of weird words in this, um, which we need to talk about the, some of the weird words, too, because like, I don't know if you noticed or not. There's a lot of music stuff that we need to talk about. A lot of music stuff? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I could probably do part of that conversation, because I watched it in IMAX, and it was so fucking loud. That, that no, something got lost to me. Not the so music, loud. Not the music in in the movie. You misunderstand. I'll, oh, oh, I'll, we'll get to it. Oh, I just really want to say that it was so fucking loud. Yeah, in that it was, I bet it was loud. Um, that's something we need to talk about too. Is the mixing and stuff on the movie? But um, basically, the idea being that like he he is filling this role of Messiah without believing in the religion, right? Yeah. Um, and he kind of is using a prophecy, uh, that he fits the qualifications for to preserve himself. Then you kind of see it in this, like, he's not sure if he's there, whatever, 
yeah Mahdi or whatever the other word was like i can't remember these fucking words yeah i can't either um i'm not a dune a, lore azora ha <laughs> yeah you're not a dune not dude. that <laughs> uh but um shy halud is not a thing shy halud is uh That's is one of the words that we need to talk about oh um the great worm yeah it's a great worm um it's an okay worm but uh <laughs> sorry but he kind of like he like leans into these prophecies to ingratiate himself with the freeman and save himself and his mother right yeah so he's like taking advantage of their religion to survive and then they put him in this position that also allows him to move towards his vengeance on those that killed his father and his best friend and like destroyed his whole family's army and right. all this shit. Um, so like it's, it's an interesting like, you know, examination of the hero, right? Yeah. Cause we're getting like all these inversions of tropes, but we're also getting a hero that is doing good things in air quotes for good reasons in air quotes, but also at the same time, those good things are kind of bad things and his good reasons are kind of bad reasons. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, like an examination of how heroes might not actually be a good thing. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and that's not like my analysis. So I'm just like repeating stuff and like adding to it. <laughs> but um, I agree with it. Like it's very obvious some of that shit in in the movie. Yeah, that he's doing things that. Yeah, like at what point is so? Like at what point is the system going to control him instead of him controlling the system? Yeah, because that that's where we're gearing up to. Like he's. You know, he's 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 on a revenge mission right. at this point. Like, right. you know, he he wants to take down the Harkonnens for you know killing his I mean, dad. And the Emperor. And and the Emperor because the Emperor set them up for failure. Right. Um which is which is interesting and I like the core the core the, the core story at the beginning of the movie is uh that the Emperor recalls the Harkonnens from Arrakis yeah. and sends in House Atreides. Right. House Atreides thinks that this is, you know, this is an honor, while also at the same time being like, well, why? Yeah. And, you know, they're not going to... seems odd. Yeah, it seems odd, so then they get there. And, and they, then, they had an idea. They yeah. had an idea that this was going to happen. Yeah. He just, he even says, he's yeah. like, I thought we'd have more time. Well, he says it before. He says that... um that there's a very good possibility that like taking it from these people and everything that they were getting from, you know, being there for so long, uh, all the money they were making basically for, from trading the spice, which is drugs, basically like yeah. Yeah. sand drugs, space yeah. drugs. <laughs> it's, it's Afghanistan heroin. Um, but, uh, fucking space desert drugs. They were getting richer than the emperor. Right. Yeah. And, like, that could be a reason to take it away from him, because the Emperor's a jealous man. But he yeah. also thinks that House Atreides is gaining too much power from just being, like, honorable and, like, gaining respect from other houses. Yeah. So then he's also jealous of them. Right. And, you know, 
money is power, but if you have power, you just have power, then you need to get rid of that person too. Yeah, that's, like that's far yeah, more dangerous far than more someone dangerous who than... has power because of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the they kind of saw it coming, but they had to do it because of honor, right? <laughs> like they yeah, make them trip over their on, own honor and yeah. choke on it. And I like how I like how House Atreides is like. There's just one line where they're talking. Uh, it's the Emperor's guard basically is talking to uh is uh talking to the guy that comes and like the relays. Baron's advisor. Yeah, whatever, yeah. and. uh they're talking about how Idaho and uh, Josh Brolin's character, um, Gurney, 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 yeah, talking about how Atreides has an entire army trained by these two. Yeah, like these two guys are like you immediately know from the one line that these two guys are regarded as like Super two of the best warriors in the universe. In the universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty stellar. I, I love the way that the characters are developed because it's it's just those little lines. Yeah. Like it doesn't, and then it fills you in on the lore without like a five minute uh, narration at the beginning, right? Or a you know three minute scroll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you just take that shot? Yeah, I took that shot. Okay, I, I took that shot. I took that shot hard because now I want a Dennis Villanueva Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I could watch the fucking Star Wars ship designs slowly come down for 30 seconds over and over again. Yeah. Which is I I feel like <laughs> I feel like JJ Abrams tried and failed. Like especially after watching this, okay? Yeah. Like after watching this, this fucking movie like makes the last three Star Wars movies even worse because like Dennis just showed up and was like Sup. I'm not even gonna spit on it and you're gonna love it. And yeah. I loved it. I really liked those uh ships they had. All the ships were dope. Yeah Dude. the the dragonfly ship things yeah. were so fucking the ornithopters. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, I love cool. I want one. I loved that all the ship, all the families had their own style of armor uh-huh. and ships and weapons. And like the Harkonnens didn't bother to wear shields because they're supposed to be super badass monsters, but every, all the regular human dudes wore shields. Mm. And uh, dude, all of it was fucking awesome. Yeah, and they didn't use guns. Like the the ships use guns. But the guys themselves were using like dark guns and swords. Swords, it's like fucking awesome. Yeah, fucking future with regular yeah. steel fucking swords and but electronic shields. Like, ah, uh, it's so cool. Uh huh. Fuck. Yeah, it's pretty great. I need um, to read these books. Well, also, like, if you're on a sandy planet, I mean, I imagine your your sword is going to be more effective. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's very sandy. It's a very sandy movie. Yeah. Yes, especially these dudes like popping up out of the sand. That shit was they fucking don't have awesome. steel swords. They have teeth. Yeah, yeah, teeth from big old worm tooth swords. What was its name? Shai Halud. Shai Halud. Shai Halud. So let's talk about the words, and then let's we'll talk, talk about, about the how the. Am I the saying mixing... a bad word? No. Okay. <laughs> well, not that I know of. I don't know that any of these words are based on anything, but. Shyhood is a metal band or metalcore band, hardcore band, um, crossover band. 
Okay. Fear is the Mind Killer is a Fear Factory song. Um, multiple sleep albums covers are based on Dune art and concepts. That makes sense. Um, I'm missing some. I was watching this movie and I was like, holy shit, there's like five <laughs> fucking metal bands that got their names from this fucking movie in these books. And like a bunch of other people got like songs and uh, their cover art and everything from this the this franchise of books yeah. and movies. I just thought that was fucking awesome. They're like, this is the most metal fucking movie ever. We're going to fucking name our band after the great sandworm and shit. Like, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. But yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to bring that up. I didn't realize that was a band, but it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Shihalud is a band. Um, I'll check them out. If it says crossover, I love crossover. I think it's stuff. crossover. Let me look them up. Let me look them up real quick. I'll I'll give some deets about Shihalud. Drop some knowledge. Shihalud is an American metalcore band formed in Pompano Beach, Florida in 1995, then later moved to Poughkeepsie, New York. Obviously, I just said, named after the giant sandworms in Frank Herbert's novel, Dune. Let's see. It looks like they have four records from 1997 to 2013. Hmm. I so. might have to check them out. Let me see if there's any other ones I can just... Bands inspired by Dune. I could tell a lot of stuff was inspired by Dune just watching this. Yeah. Pick up a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I I feel like I need to read the books now. I, yeah, I definitely want to read And the maybe books. even watch the original movie. I've been... I want to watch the original movie. I've, like, seen it. But I've never like seen it. Seen it. It was like, let's watch it, on buddy. TV. Let's watch it. There's a Scottish progressive post metal quintet just named Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a Seattle-based Doom rock band named Sandrider. Uh, naming themselves after the Freeman Worm Riders of Arrakis. There's a, which we sort of see in this movie. Yeah, you see it. You see a glimpse of it, which I th- I like thought it was coming mm-hmm. when the uh the one chick was like standing there waiting for a sandworm. I was like, what is she doing? Oh shit, she's got like some fucking pickaxes out. She's gonna ride this motherfucker. That's <laughs> awesome. And then she got killed, and I was like, damn it. Yeah, or maybe that's her on the worm. No, that's- she's dead. Maybe? She got stabbed. She got stabbed and swallowed. But look, if Boba Fett can jump out of the Sarlacc pit, we he don't know. He didn't get stabbed first. He just got kicked it, sort of kicked in there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he just jumped in. The kick didn't hit him. Uh, French stoner rock band Worm Sand. Um, whoa, what the fuck? Denver-based metal band Necropanther. Ro- okay, it's not their name. Uh, wrote and released a concept album based entirely on Dune's story. Hmm. It's an LP called Eyes of Blue Light. Plays out as a quasi-space metal opera. Whoa. Okay. Have to check that out. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen to that. Necropanther? 
Yeah. That's a pretty sweet name. A little weird. A little weird for my tastes. I mean, yeah, but... Wow, yeah, that didn't bring up either of the ones that I was talking about, but okay. <laughs> so, you guys did or didn't like the music? Okay, so here's the thing. I loved the music. Mm-hmm. Some of the dialogue was a little quiet. Yeah. So, I can like, see that. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to watch it downstairs. So we had a little we had a little tiff. Ooh. Not really. Tiff? Oh, was it a tiff? It wasn't a tiff. Oh, okay. It was just a conversation in which Russell was like, I'm uncomfortable in your bedroom. Um Whoa. Well, that's not quite what I said. So I'd be more comfortable on the couch upstairs with the yeah. ottoman. Which I mean, I would have let you sit in my recliner, and then I would have sat on the couch. But <laughs> see, I have a five one in the basement. Oh, and we have a sound bar upstairs, same size TV, both four K. But and I don't know if that had anything to do with it. It might have been worse on mine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but like the movie starts, and there's like the one line. And then there's music, right? We're like, okay, that's like a decent volume. And then there's talking. And he turns it up. And I know that like everyone but me that lives in this house is deaf. So I expect it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> how are you not one? I don't deaf? know how I'm the one that's not deaf. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me, but I am. Like, I'm like, I, I get, if I turn the fucking TV and Xbox on in here, I turn it all the way down like i turn it on i'm like oh my god i just woke up everyone in the house <laughs> so i like i'm like mashing the fucking volume and no down one button. is awake because yeah. we're deaf yeah no one has any clue that i just turned the fucking tv on and if you've ever turned on an xbox series x like it has the loudest like turn on screen it's like the thx thing but Blah. like but like a more obnoxious <laughs> um and it's ridiculously loud so i like i hit mute now i started muting it as soon as i turned the tv on and then once i get somewhere where it's like not fucking obnoxious i turn it i turn it up and then turn it back down but anyway so i was expecting him to turn it up so he turns it up a little bit and then there's like some more music and it's kind of loud and then like some more dialogue and he turns it up more and, like, by the time we were done and, like, it gets to the credits, like, the whole living room is booming with the music. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, but the dialogue was still kind of quiet. Like, I was I was really glad that we had turned the, uh, the closed caption on. Yeah. Which, I mean, Russell always watches stuff with closed captions. And I, I, I like to as well. Yeah, I like to a lot of the times. Um, sometimes I like to watch a movie without it. Um, especially if it's supposed to be like beautiful, because like I just don't want the words in front of it. Like I'd watch, I'd like to watch this movie without them, just to like see everything without that in front of it. Yeah. Um. Not that I'm complaining about having him on, but yeah, you're fine. Um, like it was a little bit quiet on the dialogue versus the music and the effects. Yeah, I would agree with that. The I only, mean, the only thing I don't like watching with subtitles is comedies. Yeah, like it ruins the yeah, it does it ruin ruins the, the punchline a lot. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of times the the timing of them is off. Yeah, 
So then you're like reading the punchline before it's delivered in the show and you're like, what? Oh, well, that would have been funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, there's that. There's the getting a little over dramatic in the tent um, when he's talking about the uh, the religious war spreading across the universe uh, like an unquenchable flame or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that it doesn't have a conclusion, that it's a part one of part two, like of two parts that's like pretty much cut clean in the middle. Those are the big things that I don't like about this movie. Yeah, that's pretty much... I, I liked the tent scene. I liked... It's, so th- It's just a little jarring, the but one I think it's thing supposed to be. They, they, they could have fixed that scene by just leading you into it a little bit, by having the first time he says it being, like, incredulous... Or not incredulous, but, like, unbelieving and, like, tempered, mm-hmm. as opposed to screaming it both times out of nowhere. Right. Um, if it had, if the first time he had just been like coming to understand it as he was saying it, because he's seeing these visions and he's like talking about them as he's seeing them. So like, I guess I understand when he sees like the basically the whole universe aflame with a war. He's terrified and screaming. Yeah. But him like seeing it and like being tempered about it and then losing his shit would have been less jarring and ridiculous yeah but i mean as far as problems with scripts and acting go that's like one two second scene out of a two and a half hour movie (laughs) (laughs) but yeah do you have a corner um i do have a corner but I also have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Four. We do Dave's trivia corner, and the other thing that he has, I have something that I would like to call Black Couch Trivia. What the fuck? I'm scared. Yeah. Why do you have a different trivia thing when he does trivia? You will understand once I get through it. Okay. So this is just some uh, random information I came across about the movie. Okay. Um, did you know that the cast traveled to three entirely new planets to shoot this movie because Dennis Villanueva is a fan of practical effects? That's, that's not true. That doesn't seem right. Also, Jason Momoa is still in rehab from developing a spice addiction. Uh, it's rumored his brown eye is now blue. What in the fuck is going on (laughs) here? Um, you know, I'm starting to believe these now. You lost me in the first one. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci was resurrected to craft Oscar Isaac's beard, as no man is capable of growing such perfection. It almost would have made sense if you said he was brought back to make the ornithopters, but then you just, like, got completely ridiculous. No, I think it's right. No. I believe that. This is all bullshit. Last one. (laughs) Last one. In an interview, Dave Batista said he was confused with the tonal change of the movie, but was happy to have been one of the two cast members to return for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He also said he was less attracted to Josh Brolin this time around, though leading him to believe he might be sexually attracted to the color purple. This has been 
Black Couch Trivia. Black Couch Trivia is not a part of the Drafty Quarters podcast network. and <laughs> It's its own thing. Its uh, views, opinions, and fake trivia are, uh, do not represent the opinions or uh, political leanings or really intelligence level of um, all persons involved with the Drafty Quarters except for Russell. Well, Jesus Christ, Shane. All that you have was... to do is laugh. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> well, it worked on me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you did that for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. You're welcome, buddy. And with that, I have a special... I have a game. I didn't know that I was supposed to swallow that turd. I didn't. <laughs> Speaking of swallowing turds. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So I have a game. Okay. You got a game. You have a game. Mm-hmm. Um, game. I'm calling this game Patrick Stewart or Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. If I can say the name, name right. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. This no, game, just, Patrick game, Stewart. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Um, I have several quotes. Okay. Both from movies. Real life, oh, maybe Dune, which is also a movie, so I don't know why I said that. Um, and you have to tell me whether Patrick Stewart said it or Josh Brolin. Okay. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we got buzzers again, if you want to buzz. Oh, yeah. Buzzers. Change your buzzer work. Yep, I changed his buzzer from last time. Russell? Bzz. That was your knee, but all right. <laughs> I installed the buzzer on my knee. <laughs> it's a really weird place for a vibrator. <laughs> Is it though? Do you want to have a seat? Dude, it ain't that long unless you cut it off and taped it to your knee. Ah. No, the buzzer. It's on my knee. No, I have don't want seat. to sit on your buzzer. <laughs> it's a knee buzzer. <laughs> All right, so. Can we do this game? <laughs> I was waiting. All right, this is the first quote. You got to tell me. Yeah, Patrick ready. Stewart or Josh Brolin. In all my years of conquest, violence, slaughter, it was never personal. Didn't Josh Brolin. Yep. That's Thanos. That was Thanos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good job. <laughs> One point for you, buddy. That was in Endgame. It was in Endgame. Yeah. Look at you. I knew you would get that one. <laughs> uh, mood. What's mood to do with it? You fight when the necessity arises, no matter the mood. Now fight. I think Russell got that one. Yeah. Oh, it's Josh Brolin. It is and Josh dude. Brolin. The movie we just watched. Yes. <laughs> and also my favorite line from the movie. <laughs> oh, you should have buzzed in oh. sooner. Like, what are you doing? Well, I was trying to let him finish. Oh. Um, <clears throat> you ready? Yeah. Behold, as a wild ass in the desert, go I forth to my work. It's Patrick Stewart. It is Patrick Stewart. From Dune. It- <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart was also in this. <laughs> he was in the other Dune. Um, no, is that from that weird sitcom that he did? No, it's from Dune. Oh, like it's from the '84 Dune. He, he oh, plays... Patrick Stewart's in '84 Dune. Oh, I should have. Yeah, so Josh Brolin and Sir Patrick Stewart both play Gurney in both the Dunes. Oh! That would have been better. To start with that, I guess. Okay. Good job, Dave. Yeah. Um. I got a couple more. Yeah, let's you guys do ready? It. Yeah, we, yeah, right yeah, now yeah, it's on. one to one. No, he's got yeah, no, two. two. Two to one. I got picked on a lot. I was a complete geek in school. I had braces. I didn't have the hot girlfriend. I was never sought after. 
I was a stocky, awkward kid who got laughed Baby. off the tennis court when I tried that. That's brawling. Shane. It was. Yeah. It was got two more. We got two more? You guys okay. are tied. Tied. We're two, two. Last Wednesday, I stupidly dropped my iPhone in the bath, and my life has sort of spiraled almost out of control. Bzz. It's Patrick Stewart. It is Patrick Stewart. What the fuck? <laughs> I thought that would throw you off. <laughs> That's why I put that in there. No, because I could totally see Patrick Stewart dropping his iPhone in his <laughs> His bath. His bath. All right. Now it's Russell, three to Russell, two to Shane. Yeah. I got one more. To tie it up, then you have to fight. Uh, even life itself is an exercise in exceptions. Bzz. Russell. That's also Sir Patrick Stewart? It is. Okay. Yeah, what is what that, is that from? from? Um, Star Trek. Uh, I don't remember where in Star Trek, but it's from Star Trek. Yeah, that's been my game. I don't know if it was fun or not, but... <laughs> it was a fun game. I liked it. I enjoyed it. He liked it because yeah. he won. He didn't yeah. used to win any of the games. But now I didn't the games either. I play... The games were very specifically designed, so neither of us won. Yeah. So, you know, why would we like them? <laughs> I mean, the questions were well designed. Just they were well designed in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> These weren't even designed. I almost, just googled them. Yeah. Almost like a biased way. Yeah. <laughs> but that has been Sir Patrick Stewart or Josh Brolin. Okay, I liked it. And then we got the corner. Uh, then or I have a corner like after after the game. We're going to down to the corner. We can. We can go to the corner if you want. Yeah, let's go down to the corner. All right. Welcome to Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner! Where we say things like, Ooh, that's neat. Damn right. This is good. We're getting this. Um, welcome to the corner. I already said that. Um, <laughs> my phone isn't loading up fast as it should, so. <laughs> oh, man. I love how we have like a great intro or outro to like a whole show or just a part, and then we're just like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's my life, man." <laughs> All right, I got some trivia from this dude, not the '84 Dune. Okay, uh, composer Hans Zimmer is a big fan of the novel Dune and okay. turned down working with frequent collaborator Christopher Nolan on Tenet to score this film. Hmm. I'm kind of glad that happened, because I like the score for Tenet, how it is, and he was able to do this, and this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, Dennis Villanueva. Villanueva, thank you, confirmed in a Vanity Fair article that his adaptation of Dune will be split into two movies in order to ensure that the original story would be preserved and not cut into a million pieces. However, contrary to the common practice of filming several installments back-to-back, only the first movie, which roughly come, covers the first half of the source material, uh, was greenlit and produced with an optional sequel depending on how well the first film performed. A sequel is greenlit on the Tuesday after the film opened. Yeah. All right. I got some more. Okay. Not really neat right now. I need to make it more neat. Kind of, kind of the obvious route at the moment. So. Oh, well, I'll try. Uh, David Lynch, director of the previous Dune, 1984, stated that he has zero what? interest in Dune 2021. 
He cited that his issues with the new movie have nothing to do with the director, but with his own painful memories of making the 1984 version. Because it was a heartache for me, it was a failure and I didn't have final cut. I've told this story a billion times. It's not the film I wanted to make. I like certain parts of it very much, but it was a total failure for me. I could see how he would struggle to be interested in even wanting to watch the new one. Right. Like, cause that, I get that. Like there, there's, it sounds like a lot of heartache there. So not so much neat, but yeah, very understandable yeah. and interesting. David Lynch is a interesting character for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, adapting Dune for the big screen has been a lifelong dream of Dennis why can't I say Villanueva. the last Villanueva. Dennis Villanueva. Ever since he learned about David Lynch's cult classic Dune from the magazines Fantastic Films and Starlog and read Frank Herbert's novel when he was around 12 years old. He wanted to make a faithful adaptation, so he waited until he's, he'd done sci-fi films, Arrival and Blade Runner 2049, first so that he would have sufficient experience in the genre before starting work on Dune. In fact, scenes from his prior films are strongly influenced by his interpretations of scenes from the novel. Hmm. So he's a big Dune guy. Neat. Yeah! Yes! Also, this fucking guy, man. I love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to just like go out there and do it. He wanted to learn first and do it justice. Do it right. fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, the scenes on the ocean world of uh, Kaladin were shot in Stadlandet, Norway. Much of the desert scenes on the desert world of Arrakis were shot in Jordan and Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. Okay. That's not true. Oh, they, they went to the... They traveled to new planets. Yeah. Yeah. From the couch <sighs> diaries or whatever it's called. Couch diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got more trivia. More trivia. All right, let's do it. Uh, the film sports a distinctively Arabic theme. Yes. In keeping with author Frank Herbert having used Islamic culture as an influence for his story. Yeah. Which I, I could see that. Yeah, it has a very... I mean, as far as like we understand it as Americans, Islamic kind of feel to it. Yeah, there's a lot of desert. <laughs> There's a lot of desert. Okay. I got one more. I got one more, Russell. Uh, Sting was considered for a cameo slash small role in this film after he starred as Fwade Rotha in David Lynch's Dune. The character ended up omitted from the 2021 adaptation. So there's a whole character that's not in. Did he wear his face paint for it? Different sting. Not the stinger. <laughs> not stinger. The sting that plays bass. Yeah. Bass sting, not bat sting. Oh. From the Genesis police? So the Genesis police. police. <laughs> the Genesis police? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that guy. The sort of blonde dude with super short hair. Yeah. Sting. Yeah. What? Yeah. Glasses. <laughs> Feeds the hungry. That's Bono. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Something's wrong with Russell. <laughs> I noticed. 
Is there a, re- like a reset switch on him? Can we- I don't I'm know not these it. neo-pop wannabes. What? What in the fuck? Jesus! Sorry, that was too far. Anyway. <laughs> well, this awkward segue, this has been Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner! <laughs> That's neat. You should go sing it like Sting. It's like hitting trash cans with a baseball bat. <sighs> Alright. Don't do stand. Fucking... Don't stand on Dave's Trivia Corner. That don't work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that doesn't work. Let's rate this movie so we can end this fucking trash fire. <laughs> Holy shit. What happened? <laughs> Blackout Shuri were in the mood. Sorry, I thought it'd be funny. I enjoyed it still. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie a nine. <laughs> Mostly because it's not a whole movie. But it's so good that it's still getting a nine. Russell? I'm also gonna give this movie a 9.2. Um. <laughs> Russell's feeling wacky tonight. He just like got punch drunk like out of nowhere. He's just like we're, fuck we're it. sliding into my nap time. <laughs> I like wacky Russell. I can tell. Uh no, okay, legit. 100% giving this movie a 9. Uh pretty much the same reason. Yeah. Uh because like it's not the full movie. I mean, the the conclusion the conclusion works. It does. It's a good place to leave off. Yeah. But it is not the end of a movie. Yeah, and then it's also going to get a nine because I don't want to wait two years, and now I have to wait two years before we get part two. Uh, and that fucking sucks, because what if I die? I will not have seen part two, is, yeah. is, is, yeah. is the problem. I hope you don't die, that's why, that's why Dude, I'm I just, shocked. it's got to keep me going for the next two years. Yeah. It'll be this. I mean, we still have the MCU, they haven't fucked it up yet. You still have me. I think we're unsure of how much I love this movie, Shane. <laughs> this, if part two delivers the way part one delivers, these will be, this, the culmination of these two movies will be probably in my top five favorite movies ever. Oh, that's fair. Like, I, like, so I love Blade Runner 2049. Um, it, it, it is a little, you know, it's, it's sort of a sequel, slightly derivative. But it is its own thing. Um, mm. But this fuck, dude, this movie is so good. No, this is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, normally for like a movie not being finished, I would deduct two or three points. Yeah, this movie's so good, it's still getting a fucking nine. So that should say something. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I got. I the the pacing the every, the fucking the part. There's like funny parts that aren't like just there for a joke it's They're natural just amusing. amusement yeah it's like not it's not a joke that feels written it's like when you go and make fun of your buddy to him yeah and it's funny yeah like and it's naturally in the dialogue yeah and it's just it's not purposefully set up for a joke it's just good Fuck. Which it is because it's written, but like you right. know what I mean. It yeah. feels natural. It, yeah. yeah, it feels like character interactions, not 
someone trying to make me laugh. Yeah. And then some of it just makes me laugh. Um, I do want to give an honorable mention to uh, Stellan Skarsgård as the Baron. Yeah. Because uh, what? Holy shit, dude. <laughs> it's fucking great. Fucking fantastic job. Yeah. I all, agree. All the acting, fantastic. Um, I, I also do want to say we don't explicitly see Josh Brolin's character die. So he might still be alive. Him being you know, one of four characters to make it out of the first movie. Uh, but I also really liked that about the movie because stakes are high. Yeah. yeah. Oscar Isaac dies. Jason Momoa dies. We think that Josh Brolin dies. Yeah. Um, For a minute, we're led to believe the Baron dies. Yep. And then, oh, he's not. Four of the eight people on the cover on at least on HBO, I don't know. It's obviously a different cover because that's like a banner ad. Yeah, but are dead at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty gnarly, pretty sick, sick, sick. Dave, what do you think? Um, I give it a two. <laughs> All right, you're done. <laughs> I just want to hear that. See that reaction? Uh, I, no, I, I deserve it. <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, I'm going to give it a eight and a half. Okay. Close to a nine. Yeah. I would like to see this again, which is weird for me because it's a two and a half hour movie. I <laughs> don't generally want to seek out a super long movie again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would like to watch it again. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I really liked the story. It got me thinking in, in spots. Um, like I said, I saw it in the IMAX uh, with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And I would walking in, I knew a little bit of what's of Dune. Like, like Russell said, it's like a, sm- a slow burn and stuff. Yeah. So I went into it. And I'm like, I don't know if my buddy's gonna like this. And we came out. Both of us came out there just like, whoa! Like we sat in the cold and talked about it for at least 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And uh, he did have a funny thing. He was uh, the Baron. He was like, yeah, the the weird fat guy in a moo moo. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's great. But yes, eight and a half, probably closer to a nine. Okay. I I really enjoyed it. I came into it not knowing no what to expect, other than it was slow, like a slow burn, slow, but I don't mind that stuff most of the time. Yeah. And yeah, I loved it. As long as it's like paced well and there's a payoff right yeah yeah then the slow burn is okay if it's just like slow burn something happens and then goes back to being slow then you're like "Uh uh-huh what's happening yeah oh speaking of that uh so in the in the when i went and saw it about halfway through more than halfway through i had to pee i'm like i'm gonna ignore this i i'm gonna watch this movie because it's awesome and then it got to the point where like no i gotta go now and I thought I picked a spot that was fine. Like it was with Oscar <laughs> Isaacs and uh, the wife were talking. Oh, in the room. no. And I'm like, I think I'm okay. And I went to the bathroom to pee real quick, and there was a war happening when I came back. I'm oh, like, son no. of a bitch. <laughs> you left at the wrong time. I told yeah. Mike that I'm like, I, or my friend, I don't know if we want to dox him. I don't think he'd mind. Um, He's got a generic name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I told Mike, I'm like, I came at the exact worst time. He's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he explained to me what had happened. I gathered what happened through context right. clues, so I didn't really miss. Yeah, but you missed ton. like cool shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to uh, pull that 
stuff up on HBO Max and watch those scenes. Yeah, I wish I could do that. It must be nice uh, to be able to do that. Fuck. Yeah, no internet. Sorry, have an ass. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, that is going to do it uh, for our review of the of Dune Part 1. Um, join us in two years when we us. review Part 2. Yeah, in two years when we get to review Part 2. Fuck off. Ugh. Uh, well, like I said, at least we have Marvel movies. Next week, we are going to talk about the Eternals. Um, so that should be fun. Um, I've, I've heard good and bad things already. So that's cool. So we're going to do that. And then after that, we're going to go through eight Spider Man movies. That's so <laughs> many spiders. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can come to my house and watch it on VHS no oh okay I mean you can come over here and hang out with us and watch it on like a big screen in HD and stuff I mean yeah I could do that too I probably will but yeah like, I like, I <laughs> hang like out HD my, hang out in my basement watch some VHS I mean there's nothing wrong with hanging out in your basement Eat I just popcorn. enjoy HD I mean fair fair <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't just visit me Shane please <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to watch these movies in the original format on VHS <laughs> that is not not something that I I miss like I, I get the nostalgia but I don't miss it that I mean I agree <laughs> like, that's the guy who collects VHS that's the guy that collects VHS yeah I get it <laughs> <laughs> But all right, so yeah, uh, after Eternals, we are going to have the winner of the Wall Crawler. Um, I like that name. Uh, yeah, and then stuff will happen next year. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> so thanks for listening to DQP Does, where we went over Dune. Have a good night. Get a hold of us, please. Uh, DraftEQ at gmail dot com. Uh, give us a five star rating and stuff. We love you. We do. We do love you. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.